Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, I'm Kyla and you're listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could join us. Before you get into the word, Layla, can you open us up in prayer, please? Yes. Thank you. Lord, I just thank you for today, Lord, and for another opportunity to gather together as brothers and sisters, Lord, and to come before you, to seek your counsel and your guidance, Lord, to find out what it is that you want us to do, Lord, and to let everything pass before you for your judgment and I just thank you for our listeners and for the peace that you'll give them, Lord, and the speed and the strength that they need to complete their tasks, Lord, for today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, welcome, everyone. Welcome to our morning Bible study as we continue our study in Romans. And um, so this morning, we're going to reread the section of scripture that we covered yesterday for a couple of reasons. One, because we only got through about half of it, mm-hmm. um, which is the things that the Lord is revealing and, and having us speak and share. And then also because it completes the this thought, if you will, um, instead of just covering the, the part that we missed, or by missed, I mean didn't get to in our discussion. So it allows the, the fullness of this this thought and this part that uh, the Lord through the Apostle Paul is communicating with us. All right? Okay. So can I get a volunteer to read Romans? Bless you, sir. Romans chapter 2, verses 12 through 20, please. I will. All right, Charles. For as many as have sinned without law will also perish without law, and as many as have sinned in the law will be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are just in the sight of God, but the doers of the law will be justified. For when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do the things in the law, these, although not having the law, are a law to themselves, who show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and between themselves their thoughts accusing or or else excusing them. In the day when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel, Indeed, you are called a Jew, and rest on the law, and make your boast in God, and know his will, and approve the things that are excellent, being instructed out of the law, and are confident that you yourself are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, having the form of knowledge and truth in the law. Amen. So we're going to open the floor up to each of you to... Share whatever the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and ask any questions that you have. All right? Yes. Who would like to to lead and begin? Mm. Don't all jump at once. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> For me, I find that verse 12 and 13 to be most interesting because it goes back to the principle that everyone, whether they choose to acknowledge God or not, they have, they're ingrained with the knowledge of God. And you see it regardless, everywhere you look, you see 
the confirmation of the existence of God. <clears throat> but also it goes back to God's justice, how he's just. He doesn't condemn those that, do, that don't know. He gives them an opportunity, but you can't say what you don't know when it's everywhere around you. Mm-hmm. And also how it goes back to how when Jesus was talking to the Pharisees, they were trying to be pious, pretend to be pious and live by the law. But when God abolished, when Jesus died on the cross and rose again, he abolished the law. But if you, the saying that if you keep one part of the law, you're guilty of it all. Like you have to keep all elements of the law. So there's that and just understanding as believers now, we are free from the law, but we still are accountable to following the principles of God and acknowledging that he does exist and not saying, oh, well, we just didn't know. So you're, you're, you're kind of saying that it's irrefutable that people don't know these things? Yes. Right. In other words, the things that are contrary to God because they know the things of God. Yes. So what would you say to an atheist? Well, it's funny because, like, they make the statement, well, there is no God. But to make that statement, you have to acknowledge that there is God. You can't say there is no God. <clears throat> Otherwise, you just say. You'd have nothing to say. Exactly. Right. Well, it's, it's that's interesting. But m- more importantly, um, and I didn't come up with this. I just think it's a nice framing of our thoughts. When someone tells me they don't believe in God, I know they're lying. Of course. They're lying to themselves first. And so, you know, speak to the lie, right? But that's not what God's word says. How's that lie? It says it's irrefutable. Right? It's a nice way to, to get mm-hmm. people to, to kind of think. Because they really are lying to themselves. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, Scripture supports that, right? We can all go to First John chapter 2, right? And uh, the Apostle John is writing and talking about a number of different things. In chapter two, spiritual states, uh, encouraging people not to love the world, and then of course deceptions at the last hour, right? And uh, so, First John chapter two, beginning in verse twenty, all right. And this echoes exactly what Paul has been writing here in both chapters one and two. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. And then he encourages us, right? Let truth abide in you right therefore let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning if what you heard from the beginning abides in you you will also abide in the son and the father and this is the promise that he has promised us eternal life it goes with everything that paul has been writing and that we have been discussing right whether it's in chapter one discussing idol worship and all these other things they chose 
to accept a lie rather than the truth. It's exactly what we were discussing here now. I chose to believe a lie rather than truth. And as Dean pointed out last time, it shows which family they're a part of. Who is their father? Mm. Is our Heavenly Father, is the Lord our Heavenly Father their father? Or, as, it, as Jesus said, you're of your father the devil. Well, the next verse where you were 26 talks about, I'm writing these things to you because they're trying to deceive you. Because they're trying to deceive you, exactly. But just off of what we, we'd read mm-hmm. prior to that, it already gives, you know, and, and then, yes, you can even continue in verse 27, right? You know, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. And so there was multiple reasons for bringing that up. Because in the part that we did not cover here in Romans yesterday, last time, verses 17 through 20, it's important and it matters. Because he's talking about, it says, you who are called a Jew. And they were given the word. They grew up with the word. All right, but, and he says, they're instructed the foolish in verse 20, a teacher of babes having a form of knowledge and truth in the law, right? Yes. They're supposed to be a light, right? They're supposed to, and it even says how, they, how they're boasting in the law the very thing that will condemn them if they're not living how the lord intended for them to live if they're living in hypocrisy so but that's it's not just for the jew right he says previously and we've covered that it's for the jew and also for the greek mm-hmm. everyone will be judged the same right what will you do with what i have given you the, the parable of the talents and if you really study that out, it's those that he's really angry at those that tried to prevent the Lord, or in that case, the the master, from establishing his, his rule and, and reign. It matters. It doesn't matter which, I'll say, group you, you fall under, right? Whether you're Jew or Greek or... Jew or Gentile or so part of the nations, right? Yes. All that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The standard is to to be conformed to the image of Christ. And that's for all. That's the, I'll say the requirement for all. And the Lord's the one that knows the hearts and the minds. He does. And he searches them. It's not about what we see or what we think or feel. What our emotions say to us. It's about what the Lord says. His testimony. Right? Even when David, King David, fell short. What was the Lord's testimony of him? That he was a man after his own heart. Exactly. 
Moses sinned. He did not revere the Lord, right? And as a result, was not able to enter the promised land. But what did the Lord say about Moses? He was was faithful in all his house. In all his house. Mm -hmm. And he considered him a friend. He spoke with him face to face as a man speaks with a friend. That's not a hard-hearted God. No. That is a kind and generous and compassionate God. Amen. Amen. What what I'm saying is it matters. Mm -hmm. It, It matters for everyone, but especially to us that would call ourselves part of the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. It especially matters how we are living and what is on the inside of us, allowing the Lord to refine those things that don't refine us and burn away the dross or the things that don't reflect him and his nature and his character and attributes in our lives. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did want to point out um, when, what was that verse 16 at the end where he's, he's talking about according to my gospel when he makes that statement, mm-hmm. you know, just a reminder that there were other people trying to preach other gospels. And there were various times throughout the epistles that he said, if you hear another gospel other than the one that's been preached to you, don't be- I don't care if an angel from <laughs> that you right. think is from heaven preaches another gospel to you. It's not to be believed because Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. And anything that anyone or anybody that adds anything extra, um, another God or takes away the the Godhead portion of Jesus Christ of the Son and replace it with someone else or something else or discredit tries to discredit him, which they cannot. They are not to be believed and certainly not to be followed. So um just that that little bit of um history as what was certainly mm-hmm. happening at the time. And um you know when I look at the The, the people that he's talking to, he's talking to people that know better. Absolutely. He's talking to people that know better and not just know better because of the inherent God that he put on the inside of us, the image and likeness of God, how God wove himself into us, every, every creature, every human being, by, by that I mean human being, every speaking spirit, that he put himself on the inside of but he's talking to the ones that know they have consciousness they have something in writing that they know better and um even in his directness to them he is still counseling them tenderly which i appreciate and i respect Mm -hmm. god you know god doesn't always have to be um well i'll say it like this it it seems natural for mankind to be afraid of god and take him as only being harsh and pointing a finger and going, don't, 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 don't. But that's not who he is. And at the same time, he can be truthful with us and he can be direct with us and go, hey, I'm talking to you who know better. Mm-hmm. So if you're accountable or you're holding other people accountable, how much more accountable are you? Because not only do you have something that is um, guiding you that you may not be able to fully articulate and go, this is God speaking. I know that he is the one who made the flowers of the earth and the field and the birds and he feeds them because I've got scripture that tells me that he does and I've got a relationship with him. But um, 
these are people that have had written direction, written mm-hmm. guidance as a part of their upbringing. Um, I, I brought up Nineveh maybe um, a devotional or two ago. And when we were talking about it, uh, just the Lord kind of spoke to me some more about it. And I'll, I'll read Jonah chapter four, verse 10. And if you haven't had a chance to read Jonah, that's a, a really good book. Um, again, I like the whole Bible, but <laughs> I love all the word. And I go, oh, that's my favorite every time. Um, um, so God told Jonah, who was a, a Jew, to take a message to a Gentile people, if you will. And he didn't really like that God said that because he felt like, why share? You know, why share the word? And your words and your, your special counsel are only for us, the people of God. And these aren't the people of God. So why are you talking to them, Lord? And um, Jonah had some time of running away, but then he eventually turned back to go do what God asked him to do. And the people, when they heard what was coming for them, they were, they were going to be destroyed in 40 days if they didn't turn around because mm-hmm. their, their standard of wickedness had been filled up and it mm-hmm. was judgment was coming and they were accountable, but God is still merciful. So Jonah went to them, delivered God's message, and they repented. They put on sackcloth and ashes and, you know, they, they repented and said they were sorry. And God decided to have mercy on them at that time. I think eventually they forgot to repent and continue in the way. And they were later destroyed. But in this account, they were not. They were, they were redeemed. And um, Jonah got upset and he went out and sat waiting for them to be destroyed. And the, the plant, while he was waiting in the sun, God gave him a plant to grow and shade him and then also raised up a worm to eat it because the Lord wanted to minister to Jonah a little bit further. And Jonah was so angry about the plant and he was angry that they weren't destroyed. He was angry about um, a lot of stuff. And verse nine, it says after the plant had been eating because Jonah felt like this was worthy for him to die because things didn't go his way. And verse nine says, then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? And he said, it is right for me to be angry even to death. And then verse 10, it says, but the Lord said, you have had pity on the plant for which you have not labored, nor made it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which are more than 120,000 persons who cannot discern between their right hand and their left and much livestock. So in this, God was saying, yes, they are accountable because judgment was being heaped up, right? There, there's an accountability. So the spiritual laws are what they are, whether you are physically thinking about them or not, whether you're in the moment thinking about them or not, they are what they are. Sin leads to death. That's across the board. It doesn't matter who you are. Now, certain ones of us have a consciousness that we carry in our mind of what those laws are, the ones that we know, we carry them in our mind and we meditate on them. We think about them and we, do you want to say something, honey? I was going to say, but even if you're not there yet, Mm-hmm. You don't, I'll say, know or recognize all the spiritual laws. Ask the Holy Spirit. Ask the Lord. Lord, what do you say about this? Mm-hmm. Right? And that's mm-hmm. Jesus being the last Adam. Let everything pass by before him. Or what do you say about this? And teach me about that. Because it, it looks like this or it sounds like this. Mm-hmm. But he will teach you and he will show you his thoughts and his ways, which is exactly what we 
read about in First John, right? Mm-hmm. You have an anointing from the Holy One. And he actually says it twice in those that, that section that we, we read. It began with that, how with the Holy Spirit to teach us and guide us in all things, all truth. And then you saw it again in verse 27, how it specifically spoke like, you don't even have need for anyone to teach you. The Holy Spirit does it, which goes back to what we've been discussing. He, he writes it on the inside of our hearts. We, we I'll say, are born with it. Mm-hmm. We come out with it. Mm-hmm. And, and yes, of course, we have to, to put him in his rightful place. But it's already written on the tablet of our heart, right? Mm-hmm. Which goes back to even Old Testament. You have no need to say, who will, go, who will ascend the mountain and get the word of the Lord for me? Who will cross the sea and get the, Lord of the, the word of the Lord? Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's written on your heart on the tablet of your heart, it's already there. Mm-hmm. We have it. it mm. It's a matter of who we'll listen to. Amen. And and so, what if you weren't brought up knowing the things of God? These people here were clearly, it was, it's different than someone who knows and has grown up in the things of God and is now trying to turn a generation wicked, now mm-hmm. trying to turn a land to wickedness. These are people that have grown up. So this was handed down generation to generation although there was something crying out on the inside of them going "Mm -mm, don't do that they didn't know why right but they for the people that have grown up into idolatry have grown up into wickedness have grown up into things that are contrary to the to the goodness of the lord god still had mercy and he sent jonah to minister to them right so there is one standard, right? God's standard, his measure and his metric, but God still understands where we are and will send us help. In addition to the voice, the, the part of us is going, oh, don't do that. But this is what mom always did. We never went to church. We didn't even know that there was a church or we were raised to hate Christians. We were raised, God still has a way out and a help for those people as well. And for us that know different and know better, you know, we're not looking to judge anybody that is coming to the Lord or does not know him in that way. But although you may not have always been in the church or however you would like to describe that, and you haven't always known the things of God, there is still an open door for you today. And just as God has always been merciful, he's still merciful today. So I just, I feel the need to tell you not to be downhearted or downtrodden because you didn't grow up in a certain way and maybe you were taught ungodly things you know there are people that are taught to be thieves from their womb and that's not accounting for the natural the 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 things that god put in us their parents literally trained them to steal they literally trained them in into holler tree they literally trained them to do things that are contrary to the lord and for that person that's been crying out going there's something wrong with this that's not right but you can't really tell why because this is all you know god knows and he loves you and god has already made a place and a way for you to come to him so as you hear that little voice you you there's something just going it's not right for me to do these things i don't know why they're not right i don't know why it's not right for me to steal but i just know it's wrong i don't know why it's not right for me to bow down to this little this doll or this this idol over here and worship it but i just know it's wrong understand and know this that god loves you and just go jesus just say Jesus, just cry out to him, and he'll get you to the place you need to be. He'll get you in the right path, in the right track. Just need to be willing. Absolutely. Just need to be willing. 
to allow him to reveal those things. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit here. Right? Sure, as we have been studying Romans and discussing, Paul is literally setting, well, the Lord through Paul, is literally setting structure for the church, for the body of Christ. Right? And then the end of chapter one, of course, he's addressing all these these things, these issues that don't reflect the nature, character, and attributes of Christ. Right? And then he begins talking about judgment and what the, the cost of that is, right? And then after discussing judgment, he begins with the Jews, right? You can say he starts breaking things down into, I'll say categories, like Jew and Gentile or Jew and Greek, right? Whichever way you want to phrase it. Saying that there's no partiality with the Lord. He is omniscient, omnipotent, sovereign. I mean, he's, this is God, right? And he's also everywhere. He's omnipresent. He knows everything. He sees everything. He is God. But as you were pointing out, honey, right, what Paul's doing here and who he's addressing are the people that knew, that grew up with the word and were taught right from wrong or what was how to separate the holy from the profane Mm -hmm. they they didn't they weren't without knowledge but they had knowledge on what to do and so that's who paul is is addressing who boast in the law and how it was given to Mm -hmm. them and they're the the people and absolutely but then he's also there's a warning in this of how they're living and conducting their lives, right? And um, he says how they're they're teaching and they're like trying to justify their mm-hmm. their place and their position. And, and it's not just the Jews; right? it's anyone that's in Christ, right? And, and that w- is part of what Paul is addressing: is do you really does it really add up? Have you really examined yourself to make sure that none of these things are found within you, right? Um, James says it this way, right? Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. And that goes to the point that you brought up about how there's a difference. The Lord gives grace, he gives mercy, he gives compassion on on those who who didn't know, if you will. Yes, his law is written on the tablets of our hearts, Mm -hmm. but that grew up being taught something different Mm -hmm. and then eventually come into the the knowledge and the grace of our lord um from those who grew up and then knowingly willingly willfully just chose to accept a lie rather than the truth Mm -hmm. um but then you also brought up about and i love this about um what paul says my gospel right Mm -hmm. But he says something similar here, right? He's talking about, uh, he says a form of knowledge, right? But it's also, we have to look at that because in other places in scripture, he says um, the whole fast to a form of godliness, right? And you see that really in in 2 Timothy, Um, right? And it's something that that we should be wary of, right? And he says, uh, having a form, this is 2 Timothy 3, 5, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. 
turn away from them, right? Mm-hmm. And he encourages them in Second Timothy one thirteen, hold fast the form of sound words, which you have heard from me, and faith and love which is in Jesus Christ. So we we talked earlier about how are we living and does it add up, right? We need to examine ourselves. And this is something that Paul, especially regarding the Jews, is something that Paul, you could, you could say, continues to hammer on, right? It's a point that he does not let go in almost any of his letters. Um, I think Galatians is one of the biggest ones where he confronts some, some things. Um, but Galatians 2.14, right? He says, But when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all, If you, being a Jew, live in the manner of Gentiles and not as the Jews, why do you compel Gentiles to live as Jews? And, and I think that's probably one of the greatest questions in all of Scripture. Mm-hmm. right? That we should... Right, Paul even says that let love be without hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. So, if we say we love the Lord but we have hypocrisy or we are being hypocrites, then how is anyone able to truly see Christ through us? And, and I'm not saying anyone has to answer the question. Right? It's just something that we should ask ourselves. But it goes back to examining and judging ourselves first, right? scripture tells us that plainly judgment starts with the house with so in other words with the people that were given that received that professed christ and to be a follower of of christ of the lord Mm -hmm. it begins with them because as you pointed out honey we should know better we should know better and it's not just about what we say but also what we do right paul says that very plainly or not paul excuse me James, he says, uh, you have work, you have faith and I have works. I'll show you my faith by my works. Right? Yes. So are we living out our faith, our faith in the Lord? It matters, right? We're on display. There's no hiding, right? Where the, we are a city on a hill, Right? A light that cannot be hidden. And it's not us. It's it's the light of Christ shining in and through us, which is the point he's making here in this chapter, right? And in this section, you will be judged according to the light you have received. We should know, but we should be living it out. So I just want to encourage everyone today to, to get if, if things aren't right in your life, bring it before the Lord. Allow him to, to reveal those things in those areas that don't reflect him. And I would just ask you to repent and just bring it before him. Get back in alignment with him. As we've covered, he's gracious, he's merciful. He, he demonstrates that over and over and over again. He wishes that none would perish. So I would, I just encourage you, bring it before him. Get things right with him. He'll clean you up, as he did with me and everyone else. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen.
Amen. Well, can I get someone to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Kyla. In your name, Lord Jesus, Lord, we just thank you for being a merciful and a good God, Lord. And we thank you for allowing us the opportunity to repent and come back to you, God. We thank you for the guidance that you offer when we fall away, that you try to reconcile us back to you, God. And we thank you for our listeners and our partners, God, and that you've offered mercy to them and that you've given us the opportunity to fulfill the calling you've placed on our lives as a family, God. And we just praise you and we thank you and magnify you, God. In your name of Jesus, amen. Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you, and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.